Hello, everyone. Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon. Welcome back to the Your Money, Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Delano Soporu. We have an exciting show, as always. Um, we're going to talk about persistent inflation in episode 94 of the podcast. So make sure wherever you're listening, make sure you give a five-star rating and review. Subscribe, share this podcast with your friends, family, associate, peers. Also on this episode, we'll talk about what's in the news. We'll do our roundtable and hopefully as well get to question of the week. So I thank you as always for listening and hope you enjoy the show. All right, folks, let's get into our market update and news update. So as you sit here this morning, I always record in the morning on Thursdays. Futures are up after you know the market kind of took a step back yesterday. But really, in, in all of November, we've kind of inched higher for the market. The market and all the major indexes have inched higher. Uh, we got some troubling inflation news, which we'll discuss um, in this episode. But that's what kind of took the steam out of the market because it was a hot inflation report yesterday which pushed bonds yield up um, and the rise in yields put pressure in a lot of the growth areas of the stock market, uh, which had been kind of, you know, shooting upwards uh, prior to that report. And so you saw small caps, Russell index drop about 1.6% yesterday, which would have been Wednesday. So we had an, an ex, another fresh print on inflation data. So that's kind of the big news of what hit the markets yesterday. Uh, you're seeing, you know, Elon Musk tweet about selling some shares of stuff uh, of his Tesla stock. So, but all in all, because if we look at the futures are up today, look like there we might be recovering some of what was lost yesterday. We'll see how it plays out in the markets um, as the day goes on with trading. News update: that big old persistent inflation that is the big talk right now. You see the themes of the market um, always kind of shift based on what's going on. But consumer prices hit a thirty-year high, um, um, and they they they. They just hit a 30-year high, which is obviously three decades. We're looking at something that we haven't seen as far as the consumer price index. If you get pork chop prices in general, they're up 16% from last year. And they're not the only raw materials or foods that are really increasing. Um, and I, I think that inflation is possibly higher than the stated rate. But um, you know, you're seeing different areas of the market, you're seeing different areas of things that you buy being up more than six, seven percent, right? And that's a telling sign that things are running a little hotter than than is stated. So, you know, we're seeing a, a huge increase. There's gas prices up, you know, fifty percent. Used car trucks are up twenty six percent. Breakfast bacon is up twenty percent. Eggs is up twelve. Peanut butter six. Um, so all these things are increasing, and we're going to talk more about it in our roundtable. But just a little, you know, opener on, on what is really going on in inflation with inflation and the rising of cost of goods and services. So that's on the inflation portion. Switching gears, DoorDash. DoorDash is hungry for growth, so they're going international to get that growth. So DoorDash sales they're they're slowing a, a little bit because we're got out of the pandemic dine-in boom and so people are a little bit more going out and dining in restaurants and with that doordash wants to combat that pressure of the reopening and so they're buying uh, they're looking to add wolt um wolt is a similar it's a finland-based um kind of uh platform for ordering food and um doordash is buying wolt for 8.1 billion they're announcing them that they're going to buy wolt for 8.1 billion and doordash shares jumped on the news um, it's going to give them a euro presence. Um, we'll, we'll add 2.5 million customers in 23 European countries. Um, and Dash doesn't have any exposure in Europe right now. So that's a, that's what their plan is. And I think it's a good move to get international exposure. I, obviously, the market, 
liked the move um, and, and potential for growth internationally to expand in the Europe markets and to take us put a flag down there. So that's interesting side of DoorDash in more growth company news. Um, Rivian surge on the first day of trading. If you look at the valuation, a lot of people, um, especially on CNBC, have been talking about the crazy valuation. It's an electronic vehicle startup, Rivian. Um, they're valued at like I think as of you know yesterday like a hundred billion, and they're barely selling or delivering any of their trucks right now. It's an e-truck maker, uh, electronic truck maker that is launching a, almost over a hundred billion dollars, which is more than Ford, um, which is more than all the like the uh, old <laughs> vehicle incumbents. But it's really telling that everyone wants to be a part of this new wave. Investors want to be a part of this new wave of electronic vehicles, um, EV and and autonomous, all these different things that are playing into that. What people are seeing as a forward-thinking, innovative way that you know vehicles are going and so that um you know valuation is obviously pretty pretty uh, pretty heavily inflated but we'll see where it kind of shakes out and watch from there in older news not a new company but an older company this company is 129 years old folks imagine a business being around for over a decade or excuse me for over a century and that is what general electric has done it's a 129 year old electricity giant that was founded by Thomas Edison. I did not actually know that. Thomas Edison founded General Electric, and Thomas Edison is obviously the person that invented the commercial light bulb. And GE has expanded over the years to obviously produce anything from microwaves, financial products. They do consult, they do so many things, but the business has declined in the most recent years. Um, it's just not a growing business. So um, they're trying to shake things up, which I think is what makes the most sense. They're spinning off, and they're planning to split into three smaller publicly traded companies, Aviation Group, the Healthcare Group, and the Energy Group. Um, and that will be the end of the conglomerate that is GE, and they will split up. Um, and I think that makes sense to be able to focus those businesses um, in those areas and be publicly traded separately of each other. Um, that makes the most sense to me. And I think the market was kind of looking at for that spinoff for a while, and it looks like they're finally getting it. So um, we'll, we'll kind of watch what happens on that. In governmental news, the $1 trillion infrastructure bill is out um it's going to arrive on the president's desk um on friday and it will it's going to be a, a major lift a major infrastructure lift facelift for for the u.s um it's going to pour 550 billion in fresh funds into transportation broadband utilities um, there'll be money going to roads and bridges expanding internet access uh, power grid, updating, upgrading water systems. I think this is good for our country, for our economy, for, for us as a whole, for upgrading our infrastructure and, and catching up to other areas that have some upgraded infrastructure. So that's a good thing to go, and it will be pushing more fresh capital into the economy. Um, so we'll see how that will go. Also, in a sad news, you probably all heard of the, the Travis Scott performance where there were people that lost their life, people that got heavily injured. Uh, there's a Now there's a suit against the organizer of that concert, Live Nation Entertainment, and Travis Scott's name in the suit, I believe, as well. Uh, just a tragic, tragic thing that happened on Sunday. There was a stampede of people. There was over 300 injuries, um, 13 people hospitalized. There was eight people that lost their life between the ages of 14 and 27. So obviously sad news and RIP for them and their families and prayers out to their families. And it just was this, it's a, I don't know the details of how this was set up. And obviously it was not well organized. There was not enough security. There was too many people and not enough space. Um, but, you know, we'll see how this shakes out. I had to speak on it because I just definitely think it's a tragic 
thing that has happened. Um, and, and you just don't like to see that. And it's, it's not a good look um, for, for the parties and the organizers for the concert, uh, for the for the artist at the concert, excuse me. It's not a good, not a good look at all. And we were praying for, for those uh, people involved. Roblox, we've talked about them before, but the tween favorite, tween favorite gaming platform posted uh, revenues and posted their earnings print and they did pretty well. And one, they're looking at becoming more of a metaverse hub for its over 43 million users that can learn, work, play, shop, and socialize. They're talking about these this more decentralization and more people fighting niche communities. There's all these platforms that are going to be doing it for creators, for gamers, for all different areas and niche communities. And I think Roblox is, is pinning their flag in the area where they're fighting gamers and, and trying to make a little bit small communities, communities within communities. That's really what we're going to be, you know, d- d- grain, granular grain down to in a little bit. So that's really interesting to watch how that goes. But ladies and gentlemen, that is our news update this week. We went through it quickly. We got a lot done. We got a lot said. But stay tuned for the next segment, which is our financial roundtable. Gather round, folks. Gather round. We are in our roundtable where we're going to take a concept that's more economic, right? I don't, all of us have not taken an economic course in forever, but I just follow the markets and follow the economy in general. So I'm here to disseminate information I can to the best of my abilities. So we saw the consumer price index print come out on Thursday, which ran hotter than expected. It was over 6%, 6% the hottest that we've seen in since the first Bush administration, um, obviously George Bush senior, right? Or yeah, well, they were junior and senior, but anyways. Um, so this is, this was, you know, what, why we saw a pullback in the market this year, but what is this, you know, hotter than inflation, um, print mean it, it's telling us that we are seeing uh, uh higher levels of you know cost increases for consumers for producers this is telling us that we are in as we know heard you know the fed tell us that it was probably transitory they pulled back on that commentary recently saying hey inflation is not transitory and we're proud we're seeing it run harder hotter than we expected and for longer than we expected so what does that mean for you as a person in corporate or someone that runs your own business there's a couple of things that you have to prepare for one i would say protection of your assets and your cash now um people do a couple of things to to combat inflation one of those things is like buy in bulk um so you're not so you're shaving some making some savings on you know, buying in bulk, there's some, some savings you can make to combat the cost pressures. Obviously, not having too much cash laying around because that is a losing asset right now. Cash is a negative asset, um, a depreciating asset. And 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 if for people that are holding away more cash levels than they need for, if it's not being used for something in the near immediate future, then you are holding a depreciating asset instead of having that asset into, let's say, like the market, which is up 20% year to date, right? So you're, your market, if you're in the market, you're beating the 6% inflation. If you're in cash, you're down 6%, right? So that's a conceptually easy maths to understand um, a little bit about what this inflation means to you as a consumer. And it's just, it's something to be aware of. Um, I don't think it's something to like pull your hair out over. Um, at the end of the day, increasing cash flow is still the main goal. So you can do different things. And so cost pressures don't affect you as much. But yeah, 
family familiar trends we've seen rising costs of energy used cars all these different things that are inflationary pressures and it is kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy people see it they're like oh okay and it just pushes up you know demand for certain things will we'll push up prices and and all these different things so be aware of it be knowing of it and advisor can help you make sure you have a plan in place to combat these things so i'm open to discussing with people um, that want help in this area so that's what we have for our roundtable Let's get to our question of the week next. Hey everyone, question of the week. Question of the week for my folks here. And we're gonna talk um, kind of a broad based question that I think is kind of important for us to discuss. And it is really around, you know, how do I become a part of a angel investing or venture investing syndicate. Um, as you know, through New Street Ventures Group, um, my firm and my my um, venture arm, we are going to start investing in private businesses. We're going to start investing in ventures um, at the seed stage, at the pre-seed stage. And so we're prepping our people that are going to be involved in this based on the you know, financial plan, the discretionary capital. Um, you don't have to be in every deal. People get FOMO on these things, but you have to understand what your liquidity situation is. But I think the biggest thing is that we have such great access to a deal pipeline that, um, you know, it's going to be a great thing for the people um, that are involved in it. So what is a syndicate? It's essentially a deal by deal venture capital firm. So as I mentioned, we are a syndicate, so we're going to do deal by deal and we're assessing and looking at a lot of great deals now and doing due diligence. Um, and we're going to make a deal by deal assessment. And once we are able to, or once we deem some investments a good investment, we will tap um, people that um, our, tap our, our base, our client, customer base and client base and get them involved in these deals. And then as far as the, the from this LP side, from the from the investor side, the limited partner side, I think the big thing assessment is you should look at is like, what's my financial plan? How much income do I have? What's my liquidity standpoint? How much can I invest and still be staying on my plan? It's not a thing where you liquidate your retirement accounts, your brokerage accounts, all this stuff to just be doing investments in angel things just because it sounds cool. No, of course we believe in everything that we invest in, but you shouldn't be overweight in, in these investments. This is a smaller part of your um, total investable funds. Like if you think about it, your investable funds, the allocation to this should be lower than your crypto allocation possibly, like one to 5% um, investable assets. I would, you know, I would deem, you know, based on obviously everyone's individual situation, but that's kind of how you look at it. Um, and, you know, it's obviously part of the syndicate, the investors like myself are gonna be making investment decisions. You are able to just see information on a deal and be like, okay, I'd be in this or not. And that's all the, any, you only make decisions for yourself. The deal will still go forward um, based on the people that are in the deal. Um, and so that's kind of stuff to, to understand also for myself, the investor and, and my team, we're going to have obviously costs born out of doing this as legal costs, as administrative costs, as tax costs, and that'll be shared by all the investors um, as well, as well as management fee and, and all those good things. So this is really, really exciting. Uh, we have things that we're going to start to disseminate um, and we're really looking forward to having people be a part of this. And I think that's the thing we, we promise is we're going to build foundations. We're going to get people education, but we're also going to try to build something greater than ourselves, which is freedom, financial dependence, generational wealth. We've said that from the beginning and guess what? We're only a little over two years in, so we're just getting started. So bear with us as we work out the kinks of a new thing. Um, it takes time, 
do not rush, do not rush yourself, do not rush the process, trust the process, relax, let, let go and let God. That's such a great saying, but hey, that's what we're doing. So you'll be hearing more about that very, very soon. Again, if you're not a new advisor Group client, I encourage you to be one because if you want to be part of our other stuff, you know, it's it's people that are really tied into this community that have done such a great job of doing all the things that they need to do uh, that are going to be a part of the, uh, our next wave. So um, it's only up from here, guys. Um, but yeah, that, that's what we have this week. I really, really think it's a great week. I'm going to take Friday off more than likely um, anniversary for, for myself. Um, but yeah. I am thankful for all the listeners and we will talk next week.